Hello guys, welcome back to this episode of the Transfer Portal CFD podcast presented by No Context CFB. I am jo- I am Andrew, joined today by Brian, Adam, who seems to be in a very glowing mood today. We'll go into that in a while bit. And uh, then we got Josh. Josh, is this your third time on the pod, fourth time? Help me out here. I think this is three. I don't know. Time doesn't matter anymore, so I think it's three. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Adam, let's go to you. You obviously had a pretty big Sunday yesterday. Uh, just tell me how you're feeling right now. Right now I'm on cloud nine. It was a great weekend for my Longhorns. Uh, two five-star recruits coming in. So I'm looking forward to August. And Brian, let's go to you, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, uh, just kind of counting down the days until – uh, December 31st in the college football playoffs. Uh, so just kind of, it's a weird time with college football, the way uh, you have to wait a month for the playoffs start. So uh, it's kind of waiting for it to happen. Are you, uh, I don't think we've ever even unveiled it yet on the Twitter page or on the pod, but uh, how are you feeling about this weekend? Oh, I'm excited, man. It's going to be a fun. Uh, I, I really, really can't wait for that. It's going to be a good time. Uh, we'll get into it a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for it. All right, so let's go into it. Uh, so we obviously know what happened with Texas. We're going to go into that in a bit. Let's go to the biggest news. And that was, let's just be honest, the most obvious thing that was going to happen over the last week or so. Bryce Young winning the Heisman Trophy. Aiden Hutchinson finishing second. Uh, CJ Stroud was fourth. Kenny Pickett was third. Let's just hear some general reactions. Brian, I know you got a strong reaction to this because you were not. I, You agreed with the pig from what I saw, but you kind of really weren't that happy with his response after he won it. Yeah, the uh, the uh, it's such a great story. The uh, highly uh, recruited player. Um, number one player in the country, going to the number one program in the country. Um, man, such a such an inspirational story for him to win the Heisman Trophy. Like, come on, I, I'm, I get it. You know, the athletes, Michael Jordan did this for his entire career. LeBron James does a lot too. But I just don't understand his victim playing or the, uh, the um, like, the doubt. Like, doubt. I, I don't know. I, I guess you want to, if you're that good and you're that, you know, famous and popular, um, I guess you have to find yourself some motivation somehow, but come on, man. You, you, you can't tell me that he, he, he's been doubted or people doubted him. Nobody's doubted him. Just because some school didn't offer him a scholarship doesn't mean he was doubted. His whole, he was the number one player in the country. He went to the number one school in the country, has over a million dollars in NIL deals. Um, he's, I mean, since week one, he's been probably considered a top four Heisman favorite. Since before the season, he was considered a Heisman favorite. Um, so, I, I don't know. Come on, man. Like, you, you know better than that. You know, I, I just feel that there's a, there's a way to do it. Uh, the, way, the way that, uh, um, the way that um, Joe Burrow handled his Heisman was probably one of my favorite ways. He kind of – he didn't talk about him being a doubted. He didn't talk about anything like that. He kind of just, you know, brought awareness to his hometown, and he knew the situation he was in. Um, that's what I really liked. Um, I'm just not a big fan of this. Uh, oh, I've been doubting my whole life type thing when you really have it. It's just, 
to each their own. I just, I don't know. It's just kind of it's cheap, in my opinion. This is kind of my opinion. It's a little bit going with what you're saying. It's like I'm trying to understand where was he doubted. Like where that that's kind of my main thing. What did he do? Did he fail a math test in high school and was essentially told, no, you can't be in honors classes. I mean, was he doubted in that way? I mean, it, he was either number one or he was number two on most recruiting boards. That's the first thing he could go to any school he wanted. Just wait, hold on. Hold on. I just, I, I think this is the first time this has happened. I'm going to break breaking news. Spencer Rattler is transferring to South Carolina. Hang on a second. Don't stop. Stop right there. South Carolina. Uh, Have we ever broken news on the podcast before? No. I literally just three minutes ago, Spencer Redler tweets out that excited for next chapter, spurs up South Carolina. Does he technically stay in the SEC or how does this work? I mean, he's in the SEC. Yeah, he's in the SEC. South Carolina, that's random. That's really random, though. That's. I'm not going to say it's a bad move. This could be the greatest transfer of all time. This could be the best transfer since Russell Wilson went to Wisconsin, but I just feels incomplete, I guess. I don't have any other. I it don't rush. I don't know why he does, did it so early. I feel like he could have. Did, did he visit any anywhere? I, didn't see I don't think so. I mean, he might he, he might have just gone back to Cali for a little bit. Probably went with his family after he announced he was in the portal at, from Oklahoma. I just why South Carolina? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, don't I mean, know. Does, does does he want to get brutalized by Georgia? Every, you know, next season. I mean. Does this turn South Carolina into a potentially ranked team? I mean, definitely makes them better. But like I said, it just, it, that, that just seems rushed. I mean, why not just wait to see like who goes to the NFL or like yeah. what other portal situation? Like you would think Auburn would make more sense than South Carolina would. Yeah, yeah. He could probably go on to LSU if he wanted to. I just. There's obviously going to be questions to answer within the next few days on this, but guess what, we guys? We got content. I mean, what does this mean for South Carolina at this point? <laughs> uh, put some above Florida, I guess. I mean, was that really a high ceiling to reach, though? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes the SCCE very, very interesting. Um, next year, we, we'll have to see what happens. Uh you know, we kind of, you know, we'll get to it a little bit. What, what is Georgia going to look like without Dan Lanning? Uh, you know, their defense. So, yeah, it makes it very interesting in the NCCs next year for sure. Josh, I mean, do you got a do you got a reaction to this? Because I feel like you're hidden in a corner over there, like you're at a boy girl dance middle school. I don't know what the deal is here. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm trying to look into it. I, honestly, I just think it's that he's the the dude's a diva. Like you go back and watch QB one, the dude's just dude's not. Um, probably not the best teammate to be around, like the way he treats his backup quarterback, who also is uh, J.D. Johnson is transferring from Michigan. So just to start to keep an eye on. But yeah, Spencer Rattler just doesn't seem like the best dude to be around. So I think that he got humbled. And I don't think the big programs wanted him because they said, we don't want that, um, for lack of a better term, we don't want that cancer in our locker room. So go to South Carolina, give them a good talent, 
uh, Shane Beamer. I like what they're building there. So hopefully that culture can help bring Spencer Rattler back into form. And I don't hate Spencer Rattler. I want him to be good. I want everyone to be good. I just, he's not helping himself out so far. It's like, dude, if you're a jackass, you're a jackass. You're not going to help. <laughs> I mean, I hate to put it. I mean, there you go. There you guys go. We, breaking news right on the pod. We Spencer Rattler joins South Carolina. I mean, I think we're kind of like all just be like, I think we're all just kind of just in here like, okay, that's yeah, it. This seems like a very safe move for him. It's very low pressure. You know, if he goes like LSU or Auburn, they're going to be expected to win. He's not expected to win at South Carolina. He kind of has a built-in excuse. If he does play bad, if he plays well, then, you know, he boosts his draft stock or whatever. So, Did he have any like draft stock safe. right now? I mean. He doesn't have any, but like I said, it's very low risk. His stock is lower than Enron. That's for damn sure right now. But that's okay. Yeah, there you go. Spencer Rattler. What so, is that play by Shane Beamer, though, too? Shane Beamer, I mean, you kind of got to give Sh- him some Shane Beamer, too. he seems to be very likable. I'll give him that. He does seem like a cool coach to play for. I don't know in terms of, like, popularity in the locker room. I don't know why he wouldn't be unpopular. I know South Carolina did better this year than what they were projected to be. Um, I think their Vegas total was only, like, four or five, and they beat that, so – you know, I'll give Shane Beamer credit. I mean, he lured in one of the better talents in the game, regardless if we like his attitude or not. So, yeah, I mean, I guess this is a good look on Shane Beamer then. Yeah, definitely. So, it'll be very interesting. We'll see what the ACC East looks like next year. But uh, definitely out of left field. It was not looking – was not uh, expecting that at all. Pretty badass that we got bringing news while recording. Thank God we didn't record this earlier. All right, so back to the Bryce Young win the Heisman. I mean, like I said – did he fail a math test in school or something and told that he couldn't take honors classes? I mean, I don't understand. I, I guess I understood a little bit when term, when people were saying, like, okay, he may have struggled at some parts in the beginning of the season, and that's why critics were calling him out. But, like, if that was the extent of it, that's, like, barely criticism at all. I don't understand. Like, Johnny Manziel was doubted, you know. Baker Mayfield was doubted. Baker Mayfield was a walk-on. That's being doubted, you know, walk-on and takes take to Oklahoma. I don't know how Bryce Young could play a, like you said, a, a victim card here. I, I just don't get it. I think the thing, though, that he was focusing on, I think he could have worded it better, is when you go back and see what he said, he talks about how He's doubted because he was an he's an African American quarterback who's undersized. Like you go back and look at Russell Wilson, African American, undersized. No one ever talked about Drew Brees being undersized. Lamar Jackson, everyone people were saying he should legitimately move to wide receiver. No one ever talked about Ryan Tannehill, a former wide receiver, moving back to wide receiver. And then Justin Fields, who was the top quarterback recruit over Trevor Lawrence, played really well, got all the accolades. Everyone loved him. So like even from the beginning, he got all the accolades and everything. But then come draft time, there were a lot of coded language that it's because he's a black quarterback. So, and I see that's what Bryce, I think that's what Bryce was more going for, but I think he just could have phrased it better because he kind of just like dropped it in and then he kept going with the speech, um, which, I mean, it wasn't that long of a speech. I think it was only like, what, three, four minutes. Most speeches are like six to eight minutes. So I think that's where Bryce Young was trying to focus on. I just think that if you're going to do that, like make your speech longer. So I think that's what he was trying to go for. Yeah, I kind of agree with what Josh was saying. I think um, he's young. 
And I guess that's kind of what motivates him is finding that negativity, I guess, to, you know, everybody gets motivated in different ways. And I'm sure on social media, he sees, you know, you only, you only see the negatives. Sometimes when you look at social media, you probably on Twitter and he sees all these people talking bad about him. He doesn't deserve all this. He's only good because he's at Alabama and Nick Saban and stuff. He was somewhere else. He wouldn't be as good. And that's what motivated him to, you know, work harder and prove, even though it was a select few, some random people on Twitter proved them wrong. That's how I saw it when um, I was listening to his speech. Yeah, he wasn't, obviously he wasn't that, but like some others like Baker or, you know, Johnny Menzel, like you mentioned, but kind of agree with Josh. He's just, you know, that's just how, what motivates him, in my opinion. And could have worded it better, but I understood where he was coming from. All right, so All-American team was announced. Let me get this pulled up right here. Uh, as we just mentioned with Bryce Young, he's going to, you know, he was a, uh, he was the top quarterback. Brees Hall was top running back with Kenneth Walker. Um, Jordan Addison from Pittsburgh, you know, among the wide receivers. Uh, I mean, let's go round table here. I mean, any shocks, any disagreements in terms of the APL American team and how it lined up? I mean, I'm I'm happy that um, first team was Trey McBride for the tight ends that he, small school Colorado State that a small school guy like that got um, a mention at a big time position because like Matt Ariza, San Diego State he got first team all punter but again like specialists that like team people don't really care when it comes to specialists but when it comes to big positions like tight end like that was awesome to see Trey McBride get some love there for first team. Yeah, I think it's um, yeah. I mean, there wasn't. I don't. I don't really think there was any any surprises. I think they pretty much got everything right. Um, you know, I think I'm on both sides of the ball. You know, we talked about uh, you know Bryce Young, uh, you know Kenneth Walker, those those guys. So you know, yeah, I don't really see see anything you know differently. I mean, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, um, Aiden Hutchinson, Jordan Davis, Will Anderson. Um, uh, South Gardner. I mean, these are the guys we talked about all season, you know, so I, I don't know. Uh, I really don't see, you know, we talk about second team, uh, maybe Kenny Pickett, you, you know, Kenny Pickett versus uh, CJ Stroud, you kind of got to, you can kind of have a, 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 a um, uh, discussion there. Uh, you know, I, I would, I would like to say, hey, the only maybe, and I could be biased on this. Um, I, I think Brock Bowers should have been first team tight end All-American. I mean, he was a, literally the best All-American all season, and he didn't get – he wasn't a finalist for any awards, which is kind of weird. Uh, I don't know if they're just saying that he's a freshman, so he's going to have plenty of time to win awards. But um, I would have put him at first team All-American uh, at tight end. Um, you know, but other than that, I don't really see anything that kind of, you know, any stack, any – that is more controversial. Um, yeah, I really don't. I think it, it was very, very, very self-explanatory and you kind of saw where it was going. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I think that they got it right this year. Yeah, I agree. And they got spot on. Shout out to Marcus Jones. I was literally about, I was literally just about to say, just about to say, 
should have been all purpose, but that's cool. Uh, yeah, I truly ain't got nothing here. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I have zero. I I truthfully can't find anything here that I'm like, okay, no, they got it wrong. I mean, this this is just one of those weird things where I just feel like that, you know, we always get mad at the AP for the polls and all that. But I, whenever I look at the All-American team, I mean, it's right. And I'm kind of okay with the fact that they didn't put – Kyle Hamilton, you know, from Notre Dame in the first team, even though they probably could have, but he did miss six games of the year. So his play was warranting enough for a first team, but I guess I'm okay with that. I, you know, the fact that CJ Stroud had the most efficient season. I mean, there are metrics to prove that he had the most efficient season among any quarterback this season. And he only made third. You have your Kenny Pickett and CJ Stroud debates right there. And I thought Michael Mayer was among the best tight ends in the game this year. I honestly could have seen him as second. So even though he made third, but I truly, I don't have any real beefs on this. Uh, shout out Leo Chanel, true sophomore from Wisconsin, only had one scholarship offer coming out of high school. True sophomore made the AP second team. So let's go to the next part. Let's just get right to it. You see Adam's flag in his background. You see the shirt. I'm assuming wearing the UT hat. You go ahead. Tell us. I, I'm not even going to waste my time. <laughs> All I'm going to say is Texas is back on paper. Um, big, big weekend for the Longhorns. We took um, Kelvin Banks from Oregon. I didn't – kind of – I saw about it. I wasn't really sure if we were going to get him, but I was happy with that on Saturday. And then late Sunday night, I'm just mindlessly browsing through Twitter, and I see – that Quinn Yers is choosing Texas over Texas Tech, which was a huge relief. Um, I've been on cloud nine ever since. I think um, he's going to be a huge boost to the Texas offense because last year, Casey Thompson and, and Hudson Card, they, I don't think they could fully implement Sark's playbook like how he wanted, and you kind of saw that in the second half. Um, they became very predictable in what they did. And that's why we struggled to score in the second half. And that's why we gave up a lot of second half leads. So hopefully um, Quinn Ewers can adjust. I know he had trouble adjusting at Ohio State. That was one of his big gripes. He couldn't adjust to the college life. But maybe him being back in Texas, you know, he can go to Whataburger whenever he wants. He can have some more familiar faces. He will he – will, um, be able to acclimate himself a little bit better. Um, he has to beat out Casey Thompson. I don't think that's going to be as easy as some people think because Casey Thompson has a full year of playing now and he knows the playbook well. So we'll see what happens in the spring. But, I mean, on paper, we're looking good. Let's get Evan Stewart next. I mean, I was gonna, I mean here's the thing with Evan Stewart. I mean – it feels like he's playing games right now. And plus Denver Harris, the corner from North shore, he has yet to make his commitment. You know, he still chooses. I feel like, you know, a couple weeks ago, I would have said zero chance. He goes to Texas. Now I'm like, he's probably going to go to Texas now over, over Alabama. So we'll see how this goes. Stuff is weird. I've saw, I was looking at his Twitter and like, he's blatantly retweeting Texas players trying to get him to come to Texas. I mean, he's still a hard commit to A&M. Yes, so he's, he's trolling somebody. I don't know who, but it's – I don't know. 
I mean, I'm looking at the crystal ball predictions. There are some people that still thinks he might go to Texas still. I mean, come on. We're, we're talking class of 22. The state championship games for Texas are just about to hit this weekend. I'm kind of just like, you know, and I understand the whole commit, the decommitments thing if you're decommitting from a school with, you know, a coaching change. But it's like when I look at what A&M is doing and, and the class that they've already solidified and the fact that Texas already – is growing in terms of recruiting numbers, and we got early signing day this week. They could still make some more splashes there. We got the All-American game next month now. There's still a lot of changes to be made. You know, it may be class of 2022, but we're nowhere near done in terms of where this recruiting cycle could go. Uh, Brian, you said you wanted to say something. Uh, yeah, it, it kind of made me feel a little bit – I feel like it, you know, it was, it was according to plan, in my opinion. Um he left high school a year early, so technically this would be his freshman season anyway. Um, he's from Texas, um, and he, it's kind of a genius move. He leaves school early, he goes to college, gets an NIL deal, makes a million dollars in the NIL, and then he goes back to Texas anyway. So, um, you know, I think that it kind of seems – I don't know. It, 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 it would have been a little bit more splashy if he had gone at the Texas Tech, you know, just to see how um, – you know, see if, if they could build something at Texas Tech and turn it that into a, a, a championship program. But, you know, they've had good quarterbacks in the past and haven't really been able to do much. Um, obviously, with Patrick Mahomes and then um, Graham Harrell and stuff like that. So uh, they've had some quarterbacks there that were able to do what they what they had to do. But when you look at Texas, the pedigree of Texas obviously is better. But yeah, it just it seems that uh, it seems that it, it kind of you know the he. He would have been a freshman this year anyway. He probably would have committed to Texas anyway. Uh, he was committed. He was committed to Texas before, and then he decommitted and went to Ohio State and recommitted. Right? So that's what happened, if I if I remember correctly. Yeah. So I don't know. It just kind of seems a little, you know, the 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 train. It took a different path, but eventually it was going to lead to this moment anyway. Uh, and he 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 ended up where he was going to end up anyway, and he's a million dollars richer. So props to him. So he finessed the bag, hit for him, and hopefully he can ball out and uh, and and make some money and and uh, and uh, uh, lead Texas back to the promised land that they've been deprived of for a long time. I think I, I think you kind of know why it kind of worked out that way. I'm not saying that it was pre-planned, but I just think the stars aligned up. I guess is the best way to put it. One of the main, one of the more widely believed reasons why he went to Ohio State and not Texas in the first place is because it had something to do with NIL. The fact that I don't think if he would have stayed in Texas, he would have been able to make the money that he did. I think Texas had a law of having to be 18 already or, or, or I mean, he was already, was he already 18? Probably, I don't know. I think AIDS had something to do with it. I don't think you were allowed to make a certain amount of money by a certain point. Shout out uh, to Brian's kid who is now on the video. All right. Sorry, go ahead. Nah, I'm kind of just uh, looking at him here. Cute guy. Anyways, uh, I think that's the main reason. I think Ohio State was a lot more lenient in their NIL rules than what than what the state of Texas was. So I kind of see what he's, where he's coming from. And the fact that he still had a grasp of a playbook in the college game still helps him a lot. I'll tell you one thing. The idea of a Quinn Ewers to Xavier Worthy connection for at least two years, that is exceptional. It's something to think about. And, you know, I mean, for all – I mean, look, I mean, 
I think there is some belief that because of NIL, I think some players are willing to take, you know, that extra year in college still. Who knows? 2023, we could still see Bijan, Quinn, and Xavier. I'm just saying. <laughs> and Evan Stewart. Hopefully. I think you're reaching. <laughs> I'm being greedy. Let me stop being greedy. I think one thing that uh, we should mention is that yours, he's, he's awesome. Like he's talented. That's kind of like what Adam was saying, where it's not a given that he's going to beat out Casey Thompson or Hudson Card if Card stays, even though he's probably gone. Um, the thing is that yours, he only played four, he played 14 games his sophomore year and then eight games his junior year. He didn't play his senior year because he graduated early and all that stuff. So in 22 games, he threw 643 passes. Uh, Joe Burrow, the year Joe Burrow won the Heisman, um, if you take up Joe Burrow's stats and like put it over 22 games, it would be 773 passes. So yours has all the talent in the world. Like he's awesome, but remember he's still raw. But I think it'll be good get a full off season in, um, but and get all this stuff. But don't be surprised if he doesn't start week one. But I would expect him to at least take over a month into the season. Do you think, I mean, I don't want to put a name because, like, I've been a Quinn Edwards fan ever since he was at South Lake. So I'm not going to try and put any bad juju. Do you think he took going to Texas? How do I put it? I don't want to, I don't want to make Cam's angry, but do you think he's going to Texas with the mindset that he's going to start week one no matter what? Um, I think it definitely helped, like, the situation because I mean he would have he would have started at Texas Tech week one no doubt so I wouldn't say that was the the main reason why but I mean I don't think that if Casey Thompson or Hudson Card lit up this year and Texas won 10 games that Quinny was transfers here so because I mean because I mean, what I was gonna say was there was also talk that he was gonna go to AM, which I when I thought the fact of him going to AM, I thought zero chance in hell because Haynes King was a top five dual threat coming out of high school in 2020. Connor Weigman, he's gonna be the number one pocket passer in the country going to AM. So him going to AM would only put him in a Tate Martell situation essentially. So I'm kind of glad that he didn't chose AM. I think Texas would would is the best fit in terms of trying to turn the culture around. I think it's the best fit in terms of he has the most talented team at his disposal that he can lead. And I think if you were to go to Texas Tech, it would be more of a line of, like you said, he would get the start right away and he would essentially be putting up Pat Mahomes and Graham Harrell numbers while still going 7-5 at best. Yeah, I kind of see it how what Spencer Rattler's doing. It would have been very – low risk, you know, that he wouldn't be expected to win at Texas Tech because of the pieces around him. But at Texas, if he if they're not winning, he's going to be the one to blame. So he's betting on himself. And I admire that a little bit, actually. Same if he went to A&M, he would have been expected to compete for a championship. It's just that I think an underrated, an underrated part of this, too, is, is, is playing for Steve Sarkeesian and his offense. I think that his offense uh, Steve Sarkeesian offense. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian's offense can be uh, adapted to Quinares, and and I think it'll you'll have the opportunity to put up big numbers. You know, I think similar to um, Joe Burrow did with LSU. So um, I, I I think that's also have to do with it. You know, you have to think you, 
you put a good quarterback in, in Steve Sarkeesian's offense, and we've seen it with in Alabama, um, you know, and and so I think that that's something that obviously adds to it. And uh, um, yeah, we'll definitely have to see how it plays out. But I think I agree with everybody. I don't think he'll start. He might not start week one, but he'll definitely start by, you know, maybe uh, conference play. Yeah, by conference play. Um, I would say I think by maybe by October he'll be starting. Um, maybe even week two. So we'll definitely see what happens. But, yeah, I, I, I think it's a very smart move on his part, and he definitely did it the right way. I could definitely see him starting after the Alabama game. If he's not 100%, I don't think Sark throws him out there against Alabama week two. But after that, just we ease up a little bit. Toss him out there then. So, yeah, I know we didn't talk about Army-Navy. That's arguably one of the biggest, one of the top five games that people look forward to all season. Uh, I grew up in an Army family. My dad was in the army. Grandfather was in the army. Couple uncles and aunts that were in the army. Fucking hate navy. I even because I'm a navy family. So ah crap. <laughs> Same here, baby. Yeah. And I'm the only one. I mean, honestly, I'll be I'll be for a little behind the scenes. So I'm the only one on the entire like transport of people who pick navy. Number one, it's. Navy family, I have to. But number two was kind of like, I cannot let us get freezing cold take, so I will take Navy, but I do have skin in the game, so that's why I took Navy. So I was bragging, but it was also just so we don't get that um, unwanted attention from freezing cold takes. Well, then again, freezing cold takes, all attention is good attention sometimes. So yeah, I think it's, it's interesting because I was thinking to myself that the Army-Navy game, I think records kind of get thrown out the window sometimes. I know that both teams kind of had those those streaks of like just blowing it blowing out you know the other um but sometimes you know with the army navy game you kind of get it's, it's one of those robbery games where record kind of gets thrown out the window and you can really it can really be anybody's game and i almost wanted to pick navy because of that but i was like no i think army you know they've been strong all year you know it it, it, it came true anybody can win the army navy game so um i think it was yeah it's interesting i love when I, the one thing my favorite part about the army navy game is i love to see uh the triple option when they, you know, when they, when, they, when one of them is down and they start and they start passing the ball, they, they, they have, they kind of, they have no idea what they're doing because they never pass. And it's so funny trying to see them th- throw passes and, and, and then trying to catch balls. God bless those receivers because they'll never get the ball. They hardly ever get the ball. Um, but, you know, when Army was down and they were trying to pass on field, it was probably my favorite couple of drives that I've watched uh, this year uh, just to see them trying to pass. But yeah, um, it was definitely something that I, I kind of saw coming. I I was just not. I didn't have the balls to pick them, but I kind of saw it coming. Um, so I'll give myself credit on that. But it doesn't matter because it wasn't on paper. I'm pissed off, man. Yeah, I don't. You know, my parents were going. My parents went to the casino in Louisiana, and I was getting ready to tell them like, "Hey, take this hundred bucks, put it all on Army." Thank God I didn't give them that money, but that's beside the point. <sighs> Honestly, that loss hurt me more than Wisconsin losing to Minnesota. And I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that either. But anyway, so let's go. Brian, this one's going to pertain to you a little bit. Dan Lanning going to Oregon. Feels like a great fit for Oregon. Feels like a great fit for Dan Lanning. He seems like a really nice – seems like a really, you know, high-powered coach to play for, very energetic. He's only 35 years old. 
I mean, does it hurt you? I mean, look, I know he's still – I know he said that he's still going to be coaching the playoff game. So, you know, what was just your initial reaction to this? Uh, I, it was a matter of time. Um, I really thought he was going to leave after last year. So just having one more season of him, you know, was great. Uh, I mean, it, it just kind of comes with the territory of being a, a top top five program in the country. You get your, your coaches gouged um, and, and stripped from you on a, week, on a yearly basis. And it's, uh, you know, Alabama, they do it to Alabama every year. Um, so it, it was inevitable. It was inevitable. I'm very happy for Dan Lanning. I think he's an amazing coach. He's a great recruiter. He's a great players coach. Players love him. Players love playing for him. Um, the only negative that I see is I'm interested to see who goes with him. I, 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 whenever something like this happens, there's always a few players that uh, follow the coach, um, you know, and I, and, to be honest, I think there's a hidden gem in Georgia. Is Greg, uh, Greg Shulman is our, our co-defensive uh, coordinator. Um, he uh, he he's been he's been with Dan Lanning, you know, the last few years. They're kind of managed the offense together, and we have uh, Will Muschamp too. So I don't think Georgia will be affected that much. Um, you know, I don't think it'll be a huge drop off. He's obviously going to be missed. He's like I said, he's an amazing recruiter, um, um, and players love playing for him. So. Um, I think that aspect of it, the recruiting trail might be affected a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's next man up. Um, whether it comes to players on the field or coaches on the sidelines, it's next man up. Um, I think Kirby Smart has been preparing for this for a while. I think he kind of so knew that he was getting interest and he was a matter of time before he was going to get a head coaching opportunity. Uh, but I'm so happy for Dan um, Lanning. And and you kind of look about Kirby too. Kirby's his, his coaching tree is trying to grow a little bit. You know, Shane Beamer, was an assistant under Kirby for a few years. Um, uh, Mel Tucker just got that huge contract in, for Michigan State. You know, Dan Lanning now, Sam Pittman at Arkansas. So, um, you know, he's trying to grow. He's trying to get a, a Saban-esque coaching tree going there. Uh, so it's interesting to see how it continues moving forward. But uh, you, yeah, I'm very excited for Dan Lanning. I, I saw the writing on the wall for a long time. Um, and it's interesting. Week one of next year is Oregon and Oregon versus Georgia and Atlanta for the Chick Fil A game. So uh, that's kind of going to add that kind of access to line as well. So I'm interested to see that. And um, but yeah, I, I I'm very happy for him. Luckily, he's on the West Coast, so we won't have to. I, we can cheer for him. I, I'm going to cheer for Dan Landing in Oregon. I don't have to worry about him being in the SEC or anything like that. The only time we'll ever see him is in the playoff or you know the one-off regular season game like next year. But you know, I'll, I'll cheer for him and I'll cheer for Oregon, and I hope he succeeds. Um, he's, a, he's definitely a great man and a great coach. I'm very happy for him. Yeah, you're not going to beat that analysis. I think the big thing that Brian was talking about is how Lanning is such a good recruiter. And that's the thing that – that's why Oregon got really, really good under Cristobal is that – not that Cristobal is not – honestly, I don't think he's that good of like a X's and O's coach. But as a recruiter, bringing in talent like – he was stealing dudes from LA. He was stealing dudes from the South. He was getting dudes from everywhere. And that's the thing Lanning can do. And I think another thing too is that I think this is kind of a styles makes fights thing where Oregon sees uh oh Lincoln Riley and his offense is coming to USC. Let's bring a defensive guy. Um and let's go from there. And it's interesting, you know, like what Brian said to see who he brings along, not just with um players, but with coaches. He did decide hire um or they're targeting Dan uh Kenny Dillingham was the OC at FSU. I don't know about that because I don't know if he's the actual OC. I feel like that's more Mike Norvell's offense. Um, Dillingham's been with Norvell since Memphis. I think it's more just he's just there. 
to help out. I don't know if he's an actual OC, but I mean, the Memphis offenses and FSU's offense, even with bad QB play, like they light up the scoreboard a little bit. So that would be, if they can bring him in, that'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, I, I like the hire. Uh, he's, 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 he's young. He's unproven. So I wouldn't say it's an A plus hire, but I think that the Oregon, um, I think what they're trying to do, they're trying to keep their, what, what, what Cristobal was building was kind of the opposite of what Oregon used to be. Oregon used to be really flashy on offense with Chip Kelly and stuff. But now Cristobal, he's, you know, he's getting the defensive tackles, offensive linemen and stuff. He's building from the inside out. And that's what Dan Lanning is going to do at Oregon. So there's continuing that. And like Josh said, he'll be able to recruit in the South. So I think it's a good hire. Um, he's young. He's hungry. I gave it about a B, B plus. And on the other side, Georgia, I mean, they'll be fine. They have Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart can coach the defense if he wants to. He can call the defense in place. So not worry about them at all. So um, I think it's good for both sides. See what happens next year. So let's go ahead and let's take a talk on this transfer portal. And we're not talking about ourselves. We're talking about the actual transfer portal. You know, I don't get why players are entering the transfer portal. They're, they're tagging us into their accounts. I don't know who they think we are, but that's beside the point. Uh, some two big names that just came up, Bo Nix, Auburn. Good news for Houston. He's not playing in the Birmingham Bowl. Tank Bigsby also not playing in the Birmingham Bowl. Man, we're going to freaking kill the Birmingham Bowl, to be honest with you, man. Zach Calzada leaving a and I mean – I don't even know where the hell these guys are going to go, to be honest with you. I don't know where Bo Nix is going to go. I don't know where Zach Calzada is going to go. I look at Zach Calzada, and I'm kind of just like, well, he's from Georgia. Where the hell is he going to go? Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Georgia Tech? Is freaking – is Bo Nix going to go to Indiana, Nebraska? Bo Nix in Nebraska just would be such the perfect fit, I mean – I mean, y- y'all got any takes on these? I mean, I truthfully don't know where to go from here. Um, with Bo Nix, I, I just can't see where he would like. I don't know where would, he, I, where, I would he, where would his situation be better? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying like, where would he go and and be better off than he's at and he's, he's at Auburn? He didn't technically lose his job at Auburn. I don't think he's. I don't think TJ Finley is better than him. So I think if he comes back to Auburn, he will be the starter there. Um, I just can't find anywhere where he's going to be better off um you know and you look at you know whether it's you look at the sec and i was actually thinking about that yesterday maybe he can go to south carolina they don't really have a set starter uh you know obviously that changed spencer rattler um you know i don't know maybe missouri you know shit i don't know maybe he can go to vanderbilt and do something there um but i don't i just can't see anywhere where he can go and start and start and make an impact you know, all these quarterbacks, the teams that need quarterbacks have a lot more issues than just a quarterback situation. So does he want to go somewhere and just get numbers up so he can get a better draft grade and go to the draft or is he trying to make some go somewhere and make an impact? Um, it just, I don't know. It's a little bit of a head scratcher, uh, but it, it'd be interesting to see where he ends up. Um, might be something out of left field, you know, like Georgia or something, which I obviously I really doubt we have enough quarterbacks as it is. So, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know with this one. 
Yeah, I don't really know either. Um, this is this is a weird, just a weird year as far as coaching changes and player changes. For Calzada, I think he had to leave. I don't think um, he was going to beat out Haynes King. I think Haynes King's really good. So he he wouldn't. He probably wasn't even going to beat out Connor Wagman to be honest with you. Probably not. I wouldn't risk it either. Um, Calzada was going to go in their QB three. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So the only the only reason why he was started this year was because a guy ahead of you was injured, and another guy that's going to be ahead of you just wasn't there yet. I mean, he probably, I guarantee you, if Connor would have graduated early la- uh, last year, he probably would have been the starter this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I think he's going to leave. Bo Nix did kind of surprise me. I don't know where he'll go either, though. Just have to just wait and see. Honestly. Um, so think about this. Tank Bigsby and Zach Evans, two pl- two running backs that were essentially top five in their class in 2020. They're now in the transfer portal. How the hell do two top five running backs go into the transfer portal after only two seasons? Georgia. They're going to Georgia, both of them. <laughs> I think that's just um, the way college football is going now. I don't think we're like – it's just another way of recruiting is recruiting through the transfer portal. It's just Zach, I, Zach Evans is coming home to Houston. I hope so. I'm for that. I mean, it's, I mean, it only makes sense. I mean, North shore is only what, like 15 minutes from the actual UH campus. I mean, Zach Evans, we want you coming home, man. I mean, just watch him go to freaking A&M. I, th- I think A&M is the actual favorite in landing him to be Something like that. If, if, if he does, I'll be a little hurt to be honest with you. I ain't gonna lie. I think for those running back, the two running backs you mentioned, I think it was honestly their coaching situations. Um, I don't know. Brian Harson's rubbed some people the wrong way at Auburn, and then Gary Patterson. Well, he was he was forced out. Um, he was making those like kind of anti NIL stances and everything. Just kind I of think the, the thing with Gary Patterson, I didn't get to say this before. I think that I think he's just that old guy at your job. Yeah, he's just. Well, you're kind of. It's like, it's like the phrase Pat McAfee likes to say: "The old white, the old whites." <laughs> That's what Patterson was. Like Patterson's awesome. His four-two-five defense is used all over, but it's just kind of. He's the type of guy that the supervisors and the VP they look at him like, they call him into the office and be like, "Hey, you know, we're going to need you to retire soon, but we don't exactly feel right firing you, so we're just going to slightly, you know." push you out we're just gonna tell you that you should retire but we're not gonna actually fire you i think that's the situation that patterson was in yeah uh, I, agree. I really think that um like i know i said it you know kind of kind of jokingly but I, i'm i'm thinking about it too is that if we if georgia obviously we know george's you know history with running backs is imagine replacing um, um, oh my god, well, I can't think of Zamir White and James Cook with Tank Bigby and Zach Evans. Like, that would be they're not coming at the same time. You'll get one, and it's probably, yeah, I, I really doubt that. And besides, both, wouldn't but... Tank be the most hated man in Auburn history to just jump ship from there to Georgia? So be it, we'll beat them, we'll beat them, and then we'll have they can hit them even more. But yeah, um, the only reason I kind of linked back Evans, he was committed to Georgia. You know, he signed the NIL to Georgia, and then the whole thing happened. I still don't know exactly why he backed out or what happened with that, but stay he home. signed to Georgia. 
Um, and then he backed out, went to TCU, and then now, you know, there's a chance for him. Maybe he can come back. I don't know, but we're definitely, we're definitely going to have a need at running back next year. So I think that Kirby will definitely be aggressive for one of those two guys. Maybe Tank Bigsby makes the most sense because he's in the SEC and he's closer, you know, he might be closer to home or whatever. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting um, to see. But I, I could see Zach Evans staying in the pack so, in the uh, 12 maybe. And, uh, you know, maybe like oh, I can't even say Texas because Texas is going to leave the Big 12. Uh, but, yeah, maybe he'll stay in Texas for sure. Houston, uh, A&M, you know, Baylor maybe. That's an interesting one as well. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I think I think the thing with Zach Evans is I think he actually does want to be closer to the Houston area. I don't know if that means going to AM or I don't know if that means going to UH. It's probably be one or the other. And you know, I do I have seen some UH connections essentially saying that there that there is a chance that Dana could go for him. Seems unlikely that he'll make, you know, just to go from TCU, you know, be a top two running back in the country and then be jump ship to G5. That remains to be seen. We'll see. I mean, maybe he just likes the culture that's being built there. We'll we'll see what happens there. I mean, I just don't see how it's not AM if he's truly committed to playing a power five football. That's kind of what I'm I think he goes to AM. And it to me, it just seems obvious. So bowl season finally here. And there is some talk to be here in terms of bowl season already. Adam, uh, Brian, should we go ahead and just make the huge announcement? Yeah, go ahead. Your kid is just chilling there, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's having a good time. He enjoys watching and listening about football. So, um, but yeah, big announcement. Life, We're life, to- lifelong We're- Jacksonville State fan, isn't he? <laughs> No, he's a Georgia Bulldog forever. He's gonna be those types of guys where when he's starting when he's a starting quarterback for Georgia, they're gonna put up his baby picture and say he was born to be a Georgia Bulldog. He's gonna be like, I'm gonna seek it to existence. Um, but anyway, yeah, our big announcement. So we are potential members of the media now. Um, we are gonna be going to the New Orleans Bowl this Saturday. Uh, as credential members, me and me and Andrew, and we're gonna uh, have a good time and, and be professional. We actually, we I guess apparently media members hate when other media members act like fans, so we have to act like fans. Um, Who gives but, a rat's ass what these other media members think? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's gonna be fun. I can't wait. I'm excited. Um, great networking opportunity. Great opportunity to grow. You know, the transfer portal and, and what we're doing here, and it kind of it kind of goes to show. Um, the strides that we've taken uh, and the commitments that we've all made to this. And it's kind of cool, man. It's, it's kind of, it, it, it's neat, neat. It's kind of surreal that's been happening, but I'm excited. I'm sure you are too, Andrew. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what the hell we're doing over there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking about, you know, I like, like we, like we obviously got the, the emails from the new Orleans bowl people themselves you know, we, you know, we got the email on like where to pick up the credentials and, you know, the schedule for the media members. But truthfully, you know, we're not we're obviously not going to be there for the Friday and the Thursday because, you know, we do have actual day jobs. So the plan for me and Brian is essentially just he's going to drive from San Antonio, pick me up in Houston. We're going straight to New Orleans. 
and we're going to pick up our passes. We might tour the French Quarter a little bit. Then we'll head down to the Superdome. I'm going to play some bets on my phone because sports gambling is legal in, in Louisiana. And just essentially, I, I truthfully don't know what to expect. I really do not know. I don't know what it's like to send a press box. I don't even know what privileges we're going to be given in the press box as media credentials. I'm looking forward to it. I really am just because it's going to be a new experience for us. It's a great way to grow the page. You know, people are going to look at us and they're going to be like, you know, where are you guys from? We're not going to say ESPN. We're not going to say Yahoo. We're not going to say Bleacher Report. We're going to be like, we're part of the transfer. They're going to be like, okay, who the hell are you guys? I just know that's going to happen. They're going to be like, who the hell are you guys? And we're going to tell people like who we are. We're going to show them the page. We're going to do it. We're going to show them what they, what we do. And it's going to be great. And I think the best part about the whole thing is, I think we might be the only people in that press box that may not have journalism degrees. Yeah. I mean that I mean that yeah. in itself is kind of crazy to think about that. Like we're probably like we're not even gonna have actual degrees that are in this field and we somehow get credential to be in it. I guarantee you there's gonna be at least a couple snobby writers that are gonna be like, Well, they're just they just hand out media credentials to everybody now. You just know that's how it's gonna be. Yeah. I was reading I was reading uh I I, I like to read uh, like history books and stuff like that. And I kind of, I was reading a lot of, I read a lot of biographies. And it, 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 one thing that stands out to me is the path these people take um, to get to where they are, you know, I mean, you know, presidents and, and other, you know, famous people. And, you know, like the, the, the unorthodox path to get to where you are successfully, it's, it's never a straight line. Um, and not to kind of go into a motivational speech or something like that, but I think it's, it's definitely something that, it's a test. It's a testament that we've been able to do this. Um, none of us are really. I mean, there's a few of us, you know, like you know, Dylan, Liam. These guys, guys are, they've kind of been. They kind of know the, the rounds and they know what to do. They, they they went to school for this kind of stuff. Um, but you know, for a lot of us, that didn't happen. You know, we all have different jobs, different things to do, and to kind of get to this point, you know, it's only it's only goes to show what what the what the limit is. You know, you you never know where you're going to lead up or where it's going to take you. And the fact that we're at this point, it's very early. You know, the, the no, no offense to the New Orleans Bowl, but the New Orleans Bowl isn't the uh, Sugar Bowl. It's not the Orange Bowl or the Rose Bowl, but it's, it's the start. And it's the beginning that we've been able to build. You know, I'm sure they, 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 um, they whenever they, we, we apply for credential, they look at your stuff and they look at your account. And the fact that they saw our account and our website and said, yeah, these guys are legit. Give them passes um what does that show what does that say about us and, and what we've been able to accomplish so yeah it's only the beginning i hope that we can continue doing that i hope that all of us get the opportunity uh to do that and whenever we have our office uh whenever in, in five or ten years when we have our office and in, in, in our headquarters somewhere we'll be, we'll have those our credentials for this weekend plaque somewhere in our first ever media credentials um show where we started and uh hopefully we'll be a lot will be a lot different and a lot more successful by then, but there'll definitely be a story. If we can get this to work and succeed, there'll be a story down the road that I think we'll all look back at and, 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 and be proud of it for sure. Yeah, so like I said, I mean, I'm excited for it. It's just going to be my first time in the Superdome in general, so I'm excited to see what that's like. I I know they just did renovations a couple of years ago. I know, I know it looks a lot nicer than what it did like five to ten years ago, so 
looking to see how that how much different that looks. Um, we're gonna be seeing two really good teams this year, Marshall and Louisiana. Obviously, with Napier not coaching that game, with him in Florida now, but I'm looking forward to it. I really am. You know, it's it's definitely be something. You know, and the I guess the most important thing is we can put this shit on our resume. Yeah. Like, hey, I was part of. Hey, I was media credential to do a bowl game. I guarantee you, the person that's reading that resume almost guarantee that he wasn't either. But we'll see on that, uh, guys. I think we are. Oh, that, how, how foolish of me. Since some of us are not going to be on the pod later this week, let's go ahead and let's just dive into a little bit of some of the games that are going on this week. Uh, Josh, I'll start with you. What bowl game for this week are you most looking forward to? We're recording this on a Monday, and they and they start on Friday. Honestly, I think the one that really interests me is the one that's most evenly matched, not just with um, talent on the field, but like coaches there. That's the Bahamas Bowl. Or nope, just kidding. That's the Cure Bowl with uh, Northern Illinois and Coastal Carolina. Those are two really fun teams, and the coaching staffs are all there. The players are all there. I think I'm pretty sure Grayson McCall isn't opting out. Uh, there is some slight draft chatter, but I think he, I'm pretty sure he's going to play. He's been a little banged up, but he should be fine. Northern Illinois, the legendary team that has the negative point differential, I think still, and they're a great team. So that's a really fun one. And then me personally, um, also, I will be writing about uh, BYU and UAB just because getting to see BYU play. Like BYU's, I don't know, I've always liked them. They're just a fun team to watch. So that's another one in the independence bowl. Some of feel bad for BYU. They just miss out of a New Year's Six Bowl, and they have to play in freaking Shreveport in the Independence Bowl. Uh, Adam, let's go to you. What bowl are you most looking forward to this week? Yeah, I was going to say BYU. I like watching them play as well. I think they're – oh, I like, I like I like what they're building. But since uh, Josh said that, I'm going I'm to trust Liam, and I'm going to tune into the Western Kentucky versus App State game. Was this on Friday, I think? Yes, Friday. Uh, Wait, no, yeah. 18, no, that's uh, Saturday morning. Saturday morning, yeah. I'm going to trust Liam. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to watch that game, and hopefully it's a good game. But those two, I think, are the two that I'm going to keep my eye on the most as we can. It's okay. pretty clear what I'm looking forward to. I'm sure, Andrew, your, your, your answer is the same as the New Orleans Bowl, who will be there. Uh, and I can't wait to go to eat food, New Orleans, Cajun food. Uh, I've been wanting a big, a nice cup of gumbo for a long time. And what better what, what better place to get gumbo uh, than in New Orleans? So uh, I can't wait for that. Uh, so that's why I'm more excited for the New Orleans. But the game on the field is going to be fun too, but that's besides the point. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the New Orleans Bowl too. I would say the Western Kentucky App State game, the one bad side to that game for me personally is me and Brian are going to be on the road while it's going on. I'm sure we'll play in the car, but that's the one game I'm probably really excited to see. Um, Yeah, the New Orleans Bowl, it's going to be a great game too. I'm expecting Louisiana to win that game. But I'm also looking forward to see this deadly pull between Utah State and Oregon State. Oregon State was a little under the radar. Utah State, they obliterated Las Vegas's number for their win total. And I'm also excited to see just how terrible this Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl marketing is going to be. 
this shit is an actual bowl game. Now, for those that read my article on worst bowl game names of all time, that made the list. Jimmy Kimmel is a horrible comedian. I hate Jimmy Kimmel so much. Oh, wow. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with Brian on that one. I think he's he's, 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 he's just not that funny to me. I just feel like a lot of his like what it like what is he most famous for? He's most famous for the mean tweets. He's most famous for segments that he doesn't even do. They just so yeah, happen to be on his show. Yeah, he's not he's not funny. But that's not this isn't a this isn't a Jimmy King podcast, so I'll digress on that. But he's just I mean not, we can he's not, he's not funny to me. I don't like him very much, but yeah. I I am truthfully not a fan of either of the Jimmy. I miss Jay Leno to be honest with you. Jay Leno was was the guy. He was the guy. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think any of them are funny. I never got thought the talk show hosts were funny at all. No, nah, I don't really find. I don't really. I, there's a couple. There's a couple of of uh, like different skits that they'll do one like every once in a while that'll that'll be funny that I'll watch on YouTube. But yeah, if the, the whole the talk show stick is kind of old at this point. So the fact that Jimmy Kimmel got a bowl game. Named after him. Um, well, the, well, he paid. He paid to yeah. have a bowl game named after him. That just, yeah, that just shows that he thinks that his shit doesn't stink. That's just, yeah, that goes to show what kind of ego that man has. So yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't care less about Jimmy Kimmel or his bowl game. So whatever. Well, I feel bad for Utah State. Utah State, they played. They had such a great season, won the Mount West, and they had to play in a bowl game named after that guy. All right, guys. That's I. I think oh, that. Uh, let me say real quick. Don't worry. In 20, 2030, when transfer portal, we we will rename it after us. Utah State. <laughs> if you have to play it again, you'll be named after the transfer portal, and uh, because of Brian and Andrew laying the seeds at the New Orleans Bowl, get our name out there. And uh, so you're welcome, Utah State, in the future, or whoever plays in that bowl in twenty thirty. Shout out to them. Can't wait. All right, guys, I think we've reached the end of this podcast. Uh, let's go around the table here. Anything that anybody wants to say before we officially close it out? Uh, shout out to Brandon Dill. Handle business this weekend in the state championship game. Wait, hold on. Who are you shouting out, Duncanville? Yes. Going to beat North Shore. Oh, crap. I was actually <laughs> – I'm, I'm going for North Shore. I, one of my best buddies, he went to North Shore High, so – yeah, I'm going for North Shore. I was going to go for Tassacita because Tassacita is like a 10 minute drive for me, but they they got knocked out by North Shore. So mm-hmm. I, I, I still, I still, I still, you know, and you know, I got to ask Katie, Katie, what the hell? You had one of the most dominant teams that you've ever had throughout the regular season and you didn't even make it to Dallas. What the fuck, Katie? <laughs> I'll be at the game. So it should be exciting. There you go. Hey, cover it for us. I can. I will. There you go. Talk about how North Shore is going to win that title. Anyways, here. <laughs> oh, Navy beat Army. Yuck. Now y'all are really starting to piss me what off. What a burger. Y'all are pissing me off worse than Andrew did after the Battle of the Axe, but that's beside the point. Anyways, all right, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Channel Podcast. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, comment. Our YouTube, Twitter, all the good stuff that we got here, you know. Read the articles. Adam, you're getting absolutely roasted on your Quinn Ewers article. I expect you to go back there, and I want you to back it all up. It is going to hate. It's okay. They're going to see all right, you. Yeah. 
Alright, y'all, y'all have a good night.